The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. We will read our gospel lesson today. We have been in this sermon series now um, for three weeks, and we're going to bring it to a close. This is the very end of the Bread of Life discourse from John chapter 6. And the connection here is listen to what Jesus says repeatedly. I will raise them up on the last day. We're going to start reading at verse 51. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died. But whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, This is why I told you, that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave me too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, O Christ. Please be seated. <coughs> We're going to make things incredibly simple today. Three weeks ago when we started in John chapter 6, we talked about the bread. Remember? That was really our focus. What is this bread that that Jesus gives? And then two weeks ago, we we looked at, well, how do we come to this bread? 
And, and we, we opened that up. Today, we're going to learn how to eat. It's pretty important. <laughs> Maybe it's just me, but when, when I see my babies growing up, it, it's not, we can't take it for granted, right? We can't take it for granted. Like, I, I saw a man the other day shoving food into Drew's mouth, and he would spit it right back out, and then she'd take the spoon and put it in his mouth like he's trying to figure out how to eat. We can't take it for granted. Today, we really want to look at what it means to eat and, and to learn how to eat and, and how offensive it can be. Really, that, that's what we're going to look at. The, we're at three things this morning. It's right there in your bulletin. The offense, the meaning, and the reasonability of eating. And I want to start by looking with you and how offensive it can be. You know, it's interesting. Jesus doesn't apologize for what he said. And he offended just about everybody. It's almost like he, he leaned into it. Look, look, look at what he says. Look at what he says. This is verse 54. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. Now that's, that's, a, that's something new that, that he's added. He's ramped up his, his rhetoric before he said, what you really need is bread. Not really that offensive. But now he says, what you really need is flesh. So now he's, he's helping us to visualize it. Like, if you could picture it, what, he, what he's saying is, what you need is a lump of my flesh. Like, to, to bring it into our world, you might say, what you really need is, is to go to KFC and to get a boneless chicken, but really, it'll be a piece of my arm. Kind of offensive. And then he says, what you really need to do is to drink my blood. And again, it's, it, it, it comes to us in, in picture language. Like he's saying, we know what blood, what, what it looks like. We know what it smells like. And he says, drink up. It's kind of offensive. You need to know this, you need to know this, that, that for the Jewish years, like when you would tell someone to drink blood, it's like telling them to, to eat a pork sandwich. You can't do it. That was the one thing, that was one, one of the few things that they could not eat or drink, that you could not eat or drink blood. And here's Jesus, he's leaning into it, he's like, you need to eat my flesh. You need to drink my blood. Very offensive. One thing you can't even notice in the English translation is how offensive he really gets. He actually changed the verb for eating. And I don't want to make too much of it, but he actually says, it's like, it's like you should munch on this. It's like you go to the movie theater and, and, and you eat popcorn and you sort of munch on it a little bit at a time. Jesus says, you should chew this. You should eat this. You should drink this. It's very offensive. Eating, if we have ears to hear, can be offensive. Jesus never apologizes. He doesn't. He just says it. 
Now, this is going to mean a couple of different things for us. I think on, on one side of the coin, it's going, to mean, it's going to mean that when we hear the words of Jesus, we need to come to them with humility. Because there's really two ways to, to hear these words. On, on the one hand, we could be really offended. And that really comes from a place of arrogance. Like, okay, Jesus, I know better than you. Jesus, you offended me. I'm going to take your words in the worst possible and crudest ways. I'm going to assume that what you really want me to do is to chop up your arm and drink your blood like a vampire and become a cannibal. And this Jesus is going to send me away. So we come to Jesus instead of in humility but with arrogance. And what Jesus wants us to do is to go deeper. And to come to him in a humble way and assume, Jesus, Jesus, you know better than me. Jesus, you offer to me life. You offer to me redemption. I'm going to try, I'm going to do my best to understand what you're teaching me here. Look, the, the truth of the matter is, Jesus, at some point, at some point, his words will offend you. He won't apologize for it but he will offend you. I, a pastor told me a story about a woman who was coming to his church regularly and she decided all of a sudden to stop coming. And he went to the woman and he said, why did you stop coming? And she said, it's because of the animals in the Old Testament. Pastor, they, they killed them. How, how can I believe in a God that, that would kill animals? And look, I, I, I'm sympathetic to that. I, somebody made fun of me the other day because I felt bad for the maple trees that you would stuck, stick a tap in them and then you would take the sap out and make maple syrup. And I said, the poor trees. I, I feel that. I feel that for the trees. But look, God wanted to show to them the, the disaster of their sins. And somebody, somebody out there was offended by that. How could God do that, and she would refuse to go any deeper to see his love, to see the disaster of sin. You see, at some point, at some point, Jesus will offend you. You're going to have a choice. Am I going to assume that I know better than him? Or will I receive his words in humility and say, Jesus, you must know better than me you are my Savior. You offer to me the words of life. So that's one side of the coin. The offense of eating. The other side of the coin is this. We need to understand this as Christians. That this calls us to courage. You know, it's, right, it's good and right that we would try to, here's the technical word, that we would try to contextualize the gospel. We should do that. It, it, really, it, what we're trying to do when we contextualize the messages is we give the truth to people with a spoon of sugar, like, like Mary Poppins. We try to bring it to them at their level. But at the end of the day, we, like, like Paul said, he said, I will be, become all things for all people so that some, he said, will be saved. We want to do that. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down to one thing. Will they believe the gospel? And it will offend them. It will. The Apostle Paul said, the Apostle Paul said, the gospel message is a fragrance. For some people, it stinks like death. 
But for some people, it is the perfume of life. That's what it is for us. We need to realize that some people are going to come to Jesus and say, you know what? I don't believe this. This offends me. And they will walk away. Courage, Christians. Have courage that what we believe truly is life. Eat it down. Even when it offends you or offends others. This is the offense of spiritual eating. Now that we've seen how how offensive this can be, and Jesus really does lean into this, I want to talk to you about the meaning of eating. The meaning. Because there's a deep meaning in it. Jesus pictures our connection, the centrality of our connection with him in terms of, of eating. Like breakfast, lunch, supper. So what is he saying? He's saying that that eating Jesus for the human being is just like gas to the car. Right? Or he's saying this, eating and drinking Jesus is just like electricity for your iPhone. That's the centrality of Jesus for your life. You need to, you need, he's saying, you need, and, and I, like I try to picture this, like eating, the, this is a, a digestive metaphor. So you're supposed to take him into your mouth and pass him through his whole bodies so that the little, you know, the, the little food molecules will arrive all the way to the ends of your fingers and to the tippy parts of your toes. That's how much you're supposed to take Jesus in. He wants you to eat him. He wants you to drink him. And he's not meaning to be offensive here. He's really not. We know that because Jesus did not come to to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. What he's talking about is his spiritual level. He wants you to really take in him. Now, I want to try to explain this to you. Our our Lutheran confessions actually talk about this. It's called spiritual eating. Let me read you what our, our Lutheran confessions say. This spiritual eating, however, is nothing other than faith. Namely, listen to this carefully. There's three things here. This is how we eat. Namely, hearkening to. So that's an old word, but we listen to it. Accepting with faith. And then here's the third thing, and this is the most important. Applying to ourselves God's word. Which present Christ to us as true God and true human being alone. With all his benefits, God's grace, forgiveness, righteousness, and eternal life. So this is what it means then. That we, 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 we take Christ and we gobble him down like a turkey. And we let that come all the way into us and we apply it to ourselves personally. Now, I think we're not that good at this. So this means when you feel guilty for your sins... That you, you not only know in your head, like you know in your, Christ died for me, but then you stay feeling guilty. What this means is you pass it from your head into your heart and then you let it flow. All of this energy that Christ died for you, that he forgives you, that he redeems you, and you let that go all the way to the finger, the, your, your tippy toes, and to the ends of your fingers, and you know, you know what? I'm forgiven. You apply it to yourself. You say, this 
is for me. This is how you eat it down. You drink it down, Jesus is saying. Or you could say this, maybe you feel worthless. Maybe you feel worthless. And, and you know in your head, you know in your head, like, okay, I'm a child, I'm a daughter, I'm a son of God. But you need to take that information then and you pass it to your heart and you digest that thing and like gasoline to a car, like, like electricity for your iPhone, you pass that all the way to your toes and to the, your tippy fingers and you say, you know what? I'm of infinite value. And you eat it down, all the way down, and you marinate in that. And you believe that with all of your heart. That is, that is what it means to, to eat Jesus' flesh. And, and we drink Jesus' blood. We know how much we're loved. We believe it and we pass it into every facet of our hearts and lives. This is the meaning the meaning of spiritual eating. So we've seen, we've seen the offense of, of eating. We've seen the meaning of, of spiritual uh, eating. And, and finally, I want to close by talking about the reasonability of eating. You know, this is a decisive moment in Jesus' ministry. It really is. Up to this point, he's, he's been massively popular. Like, he, he is... Um, Everybody wants to hear. Thousands of people are, are, are following him. And then all of a sudden, he takes his stand. Like, he dies on this mountain. And he's like, you know what? You have to eat me. You have to drink me. And he watches then. It's in, it's in, it's in the He watches then as thousands of his disciples, they just go away. The, the NIV actually titles the section um, Abandonment and Desertion. That's what it says. The disciples, they just leave him. And he's watching them. It doesn't say how Jesus felt about it. He's just watching them. Just walk away. He doesn't stop them. There they go. He says this to his disciples. You do not want to leave me too. So, so thousands of people are abandoning Jesus because he offended them. Twelve are left. And then Simon Peter answers for the group. And, and this, is, this is so beautiful. He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? Which is an odd way to answer the question. Like he answers, you should never do this. You should never answer a question with a question. But that's what he does. He answers the question with a question. He's like, Lord, I've thought about it. Because he, he did. He must have thought about it. Lord, I've thought about it. I thought about, well, where else would I go? And, and I think that's a valuable question to ask. Like, where, where would you go then? What are your other options? Have you thought about that before? Where would you go, for, for example? Ask yourself this question. This is, so, this is so encouraging. Where would you go for flat-out spiritual wisdom? Where else? Buddha? He's dead. Where where would you go? Where, where else would you go? Where would you go if you need your sins forgiven? If not to the one who died for you. Where would you go? Or um, where would you go if you need to know that you are loved and valued? Is there a better place? Should you run to your boyfriend or your girlfriend? They might decide they might not love you someday. 
where would you go then? What about to the one who has loved you unconditionally? Where would you go? Where would you go if you want to receive a meal? If you want to receive a meal where Jesus says, I am truly present here in body and blood, in bread and wine, for the forgiveness of their sins, where else would you go? In all of planet Earth. This is true. In all of planet Earth. There is no better place for you to be than with Jesus. Peter said, Lord, where will we go? You have the words of eternal life. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we we so, our hearts are so full from this teaching on, on John 6. You have given us the bread of life and you've shown us how to come and get it and you've shown us even how to eat it. Just, just the spiritual basics. We ask you to help us to, to eat it and, and to swallow it down and let it go to every part of our heart and life that we would know just how forgiven we are, just how loved we are. And, and we ask that you would always help us to be right there with Peter. If everyone abandons you, Lord, help us never to. Because you give us exactly what we need. Eternal life. Jesus, we pray this in your name. Amen.